uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to the Out Loud Microsoft Monthly Podcast. Well, there was some big news last month with the announcement of Skype for Business Online's retirement date and my usual expert guest Tom Arbuthnot and I cover off some more ramifications from the news. After that, we move on as usual to cover all of the Microsoft Teams related updates. This month, they include details on additional PSTN connectivity, further info on the new whiteboard capture feature and another new territory for Teams data residency. Once we get through all that, Tom and I look ahead to Microsoft Ignite 2019. As you probably know, Tom is one of Microsoft's MVPs and his speaker slot for this year's Ignite has been confirmed. So I tried to get the inside track from him on that. Have a listen. Good afternoon, Tom. How are you enjoying the summer holidays? Yeah, yeah, all good, Patrick. As we were just saying, off uh, off camera, it's uh, juggling kids and uh, summertime and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, but it's all good. Yeah, and we should say you and I have had well, you I've had minor trauma before this because I'm having various unrelated computer-related issues. So this is actually recording from my mobile phone on the on the Teams client rather than my fancy desktop webcam and and laptop like we normally do yeah we've been saying for a while we should do a mobile to mobile podcast recording but we've kind of had it enforced there this time but it's nice because it because it records in the cloud uh, it doesn't really matter that you're on a mobile to a certain extent and i suppose i didn't really think of the the dr the resilience that having a, a mobile phone with the teams app on provides me yeah yeah well it genuinely is a good enough meeting joint experience now if you end up in that windows update while you're about to join a meeting it is a uh, a credible alternative yeah well i think that's what's done. i've installed some updates and that's done me anyway let's get into the news so i think first of all it's probably best uh, to recap the skype for business online news we, we recorded the pod last month before the news broke then the news broke and we added a little extra section back in so you, you've had a month to think on it and, and speak to customers. What, what What's your overall feeling? I mean, we were expecting it generally, weren't we? Yeah, and that's been the tone across the whole industry, I think. It's been a, a complete lack of surprise. Um, so the, the date is the 31st of July 2021. So Microsoft have given people two years. So normally they give about a year on this kind of thing. So two years is a good amount of time. The only things that we probably didn't mention on the recap is that they've also extended... Uh, ACP audio conferencing provider support to that end date as well. So previously, that was supposed to finish in 2020, but now they've just said they can keep ACP going until Skype Business Online is finished as well. But yeah, general lack of surprise, and people already know Teams is is the way forward for Microsoft Cloud. So no, no big response actually. Interestingly, there is, has been some news though that you put on your blog that is related to the Skype for Business Online end date, and that's about the the IP phones. This was a little bit more interesting, actually. So this was, um, so for, for background, there are different types of phones in Microsoft land. So there are Skype for Business phones and there are Microsoft Teams phones. And then a subset of the Skype for Business phones are specifically certified for Skype for Business Online. And the name for the Skype for Business phones is, is 3PIP, third-party IP phones. So Skype for Business and Teams use different signaling. So a Skype for Business phone can't native sign into Microsoft Teams, but Microsoft run a kind of magic cloud gateway that makes those two things work together. And what they also announced along with that Skype Business Online end of life announcement is that those phones will work against Microsoft Teams until the 31st of July 2023. Um, So that sounds like quite a long time, but when people buy IP phones, they expect them to last 
you know, three, five, seven years, potentially, that's the way, particularly if you think about like a facilities purchase, that's what businesses think about. So they're not like laptops where it's one to three years. So an important date for people that have invested money into those Skype phones and are considering moving to Teams that on that date, those phones will no longer work with Teams. So they've guaranteed that they'll work with Teams now until July 31st, 2023. Why can't they guarantee that they'll work for longer than that? Is something is that something to do with the hardware or, or the firmware of a, a phone that was designed to work with, with, with Skype for Business rather than Teams and, and they're anticipating the development might outstrip it? Yeah, so 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 the why the why the technology changed is the new Teams phones run on Android based and have an application written by Microsoft and they don't use SIP, they use REST and they use HTTP and they use new better codecs. So the technology's moved on in the phones. The older phones are SIP based with extensions. Microsoft had to run some internal service to make those two worlds work. And I think the date is more about them considering that that's a fair amount of time to get use out of those things until we don't want to keep running that infrastructure, dealing with the intro of everything else, more than a hard technical limit. So, so potentially, from what, that, that, that could be the bigger job for a, for a business that's been operating Skype for Business Online and has invested in some Skype for Business Online phones to, to replace those actually that migrate to Teams in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Comparatively, in terms of actual, like, practical cost if you've got thousands of those handsets and some people have and 2023 you know you you're, you'd worked out your roi on those to be five years and now you're inside the five years i mean it's a fair date if you consider five years a typical burn down for the investment even now you'd almost get that out of them in 2023 um, but it's something something people should have on their on their radar because that's going to be a big cost to go back to the business and say well before 2023, because you've got to consider the rollout time and the testing and everything else, we're going to have to refresh our handsets. Yeah, so that, that was another key date in the, in the Skype for Business roadmap. So, so let's move on to the team stuff. And there, as always, there's, there's loads of stuff. Um, I, th I think you want to start with the, the team's PSTN audio conferencing via direct routing. Yeah, yeah, it's a mouthful, isn't it? So um, Yeah, the, I, I thought the, I did that well. <laughs> in uh, so August, you normally expect to be fairly dead for news, obviously coming into the September podcast. Um, but this just dropped on the roadmap and it's really quite interesting. So today, if you get conferencing for Teams, you have to buy it from Microsoft. Microsoft provide all the phone numbers, all the service. So there is no option to bring your own phone numbers or bring your own trunks or your own session border controllers. What's interesting is there are different flavors of Office 365. So it's not just one Office 365. There are go local variants where you're hosting a particular data center. And then there's uh, other variants where certain um, third parties run it. So 21VNet or in Germany, T-Systems run a various version of it. And there's also a GCC High and GCC DoD. And GCC sounds for Government Community Cloud. So that means that they're run specially to a higher compliance standard and they need to be kind of looked after in a particular way by a particular subset of people from Microsoft. And in GCC High and GCC DoD, you can't buy PSDN conferencing from Microsoft. So there was a gap in service there where if you were one of those organizations, you couldn't buy dial-in, dial-out numbers. What's come along is the ability to connect direct routing, connect your own session border controllers to those variants of Microsoft Office 365 and bring your own phone numbers for conferencing, which is really interesting technically because it means it's technically possible, but currently it's limited to just those tenant types. 
But why? What? What is the limitation with those tenant types? What? What? What do you think the the, the reason for that is at this stage? So, so the, the I mean, the reason why they're limited is in they can't have the Microsoft service. Uh, I don't know, but they, they have very, very stringent. Um, the blog post I have out has all the list of like, the uh, ITAR, DFRS, DOD, SRG, all these kind of compliance standards they need to meet to be labelled as as good enough for you know Department of Defence and and high security stuff. So that you would assume there's something about the way Microsoft's PSG and conferencing network works, and probably just that it's global. Um, and it's not locked into a particular physical data center with a particular set of you know carriers probably makes it not meet the requirement so you imagine the dod take security pretty seriously they want to know where everything is how everything connects so that would be why the general service wouldn't work in terms of why they're limiting this option to gcc high and gcc dod because other people might want to bring their own phone numbers for you know control reasons or for financial reasons like say you're a carrier and you're running teams well, you get minutes for free because you're a carrier, so you might want to connect your own phone numbers for conferencing. Whether they'll open that up or not, I, I don't know. It's a lot of architectural work for Microsoft to do that, so we'll see what the market demand is, I guess. Yeah, I suppose, like you said, that it's interesting that, obviously, the capability and the potential is there is there going forward. Uh, another piece of news, and, and this one, this uh, Enterprise Connect, which obviously earlier on this year, this created a really big stir, didn't it, which was... The, the sort of demo that they did on stage of Microsoft Teams being able to capture, I was about to say data, but data and information from a from from an old style whiteboard within a meeting, and then and then digitize that, and that that's rolling out now, I believe. Yeah, yeah, the language is really tricky here. So the the the, the feature is called content capture uh, with a content camera. That's what I was looking for. Um, but but it's very specifically whiteboard. So really, it is whiteboard capture, but then whiteboard trips people up because they think about digital whiteboards versus physical whiteboards so this is pointing a webcam at a physical whiteboard and grabbing the content and streaming it into the meeting basically and yeah it's a really neat feature i've seen it uh, demoed a few times now you have to have a certified camera so there are three cameras crestron and a couple of logitechs that have been certified and approved you either mount them kind of on your ceiling or you put them on a tripod point them at the whiteboard and and it not just streams the whiteboard into the meeting but it frames it it makes it square it recognizes the writing and kind of redraws it prominently and easy to read so you know when you have like a or in my world you often walk into meetings and you have like fairly dried out whiteboard markers and it's half written a webcam can't pick it up the content camera can read the writing using kind of ai and ml and essentially rewrite it and it can even ghost the person walking in front of the whiteboard so it keeps the writing in front of the person writing kind of blocking the board a really neat little feature particularly as lots of people can't afford to kit their rooms out with you know surface hubs and digital screens and interactive whiteboards across lots of spaces um hundred dollar webcam and you're, and you're away i completely forgot about the ghosting feature which is really cool because the, always the problem with the whiteboard is to put anyone writing on it or presenting in front of it tends to be blocking half the content so in fact you know through teams we can do something that you you can't do in the real world and uh, and it, it, as you said it's a really cool solution because how many offices do you go to when you're meeting customers and, and i was in some offices this week and they had all these sad lonely whiteboards in the corner and i thought oh you haven't really you're not really keeping up with the digital age but it's bringing some of that old tech into the into the new world yeah and the ability to run it on a tripod means you can literally take one of these cameras have a tripod in the middle of the desk and point at the whiteboard have a pretty reasonable experience 
there's more coming to the, the the anticipation is that you're going to take that content and merge it onto a digital whiteboard and keep going with the content as well. That's not quite there yet, but that's the kind of vision is bringing analog and digital together. So the the remote meeting experience is, is much improved compared to the, you know, vaguely telling people what's on the whiteboard or trying to point a laptop at the whiteboard. That stuff just doesn't really work. There's a, you mentioned ceilings when you were, you were talking before and um, something, and I used to sell these as well. There's now team certified ceiling mics from a few vendors. Yeah, yeah. This is actually arguably bigger news than the, the webcam uh, whiteboard capture. Like that's the, the flashy thing. But this is now certified, so Microsoft certified approved DSPs and ceiling mics that you can connect directly to a Microsoft Teams room. So what this allows you to do is to have more proper structured audio. So have multiple mics, have ceiling mics, ceiling tiles tied into the Microsoft Teams room system, which lets you cover you know, better spaces for, for audio quality, for mic pickup, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and in an enterprise environment, you, you know, effectively, you do, you do want that. You want things concealed in the ceiling. If you've spent a lot of money on a, on an office, on, on the aesthetic of an office, you, you want stuff to be tucked away and, and look as professional and, and nice as possible. Really. Yeah, and it's, and it's about the audio experience as well. Those mics are so much more tuned to picking up around, say, say you've got 15 people around the table. Table mics can only do so much, and table mics pick up all the mouse movement and keyboard tapping and everything else. A ceiling mic does a much better job of isolating speakers it uses um kind of you know beam forming technology is the marketing term but a whole bunch of mics then it selectively turns on mics but it can also do clever things i've been to demos at shore and sennheiser where as people walk around the table it, the audio keeps up with you which is something that a, a table mic just can't really do as well yeah that that audio tracking feature i suppose for in a in a big meeting room makes a lot of sense there was also a piece about data so last month we were talking about South Africa teams data residency in South Africa and now this month it's an, it's another south on the other side of the world it's South Korea yeah yeah again like uh, if you caught last month's podcast it's the same type of story but just uh, again interesting to see Microsoft churning these out so now South Korea has data residency which means again if you spin up a new tenant you can choose to have your data hosted within those borders. And that joins South Africa, France, Australia, Japan, UK, India, Canada, South Korea. So there's a, a whole bunch of places where Microsoft are really leveraging the fact that they're doing data center investment to give customers the option to meet compliance requirements to keep data in boundaries, or just not even requirement, just preference sometimes, which is uh, a way Microsoft are separating themselves in the UC space away from other UC, UCAS collab providers because they don't have those local DC investments in every single one of those countries. No, I suppose Microsoft are well-placed to do that. I, and I think, as we said last time, as the, as the demand increases in a certain location, Microsoft will enable that data residency. And I look forward to the, the, this pod the same time next year when the list is absolutely huge and you have to remember off the top <laughs> of your head 68 countries that have teams data i very much look forward to that yeah i i, I toy on the blog with whether i should do a blog every time one of these gets released or just one big master blog to uh, to keep the list up to date but there are more azure data centers than there are teams go local at the moment so there'll definitely be more more and more being added oh, well i look forward to next month when we add them on and we have to recite. um a couple, couple of things before i let you go um teams in the contact center we know we've been waiting for the sort of Teams APIs, the application programming interfaces for enabling Teams in, in contact center environments. And 
we heard a bit of news about who Microsoft might prefer to be working with going forward. Yeah, this was kind of hidden down uh, an announcement about the uh, the daily active users and the Inspire conference, but um, they, they mentioned that there are definitely going to be uh, APIs coming to support Contact Center, and they name-checked 5.9, Genesis, and NICE as the uh, providers that are definitely going to be on that program and be certified. So it's something Microsoft have been dinged for a few times, and they got dinged again in the recent Gartner report of like, can teams be your enterprise pbx for 100 percent of people well when they you know until there's compliance call recording and until there's contact center apis the answer is probably 10 or 20 percent of your users stay on those specialist platforms so microsoft are keen to point out that it's it's been a while coming but there are apis coming for both compliance recording and contact center and yeah it was interesting to see five nine um traditionally pretty cozy with cisco being one of the name checked vendors as uh you know, kind of um, being in the mix for certified. Yeah, and, and we had a piece with Five Nine on on our site, um, and and uh, Dan Birkland, I think he was there, it was their president, was talking about it, and it's quite interesting because he said, if Teams is the front end, it can leverage some quite interesting features. I think the example they were using was, you know, someone on the front end in a contact center when they're eventually able to use Teams, being able to compute um, to communicate through to a subject matter expert in the in the back office. And and the capabilities are quite interesting there. Yeah, the, the story is really strong there, and also um, because they're using Teams, they can start building up interactive knowledge bases and embed applications, things like that. So finding data and asking questions, you know, like in a, a Yammer kind of knowledge sharing scenario, maybe other people within your team can help you. You don't need to reach out to the expert every time. It's pretty interesting. That will be pretty cool. Um, and uh, I saw that your what, your speaker slots are confirmed for Microsoft Ignite, which is the next sort of big event in the calendar. Yeah, really excited for that. So the announcements came out just a few days ago at time of recording. So uh, a whole bunch of MVPs will be speaking there. And uh, yeah, I've got some speaking slots around Teams. And we'll also be doing some some kind of podcast recording and news recording from there as well, which will be exciting. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that I make it there. If I don't, we'll have to do it remotely. But as we've seen with the phone today, Teams oh, enables any sort of... I know. This is, the, this is the downside of the technology, right? Is uh, Rob can just say that, uh, well, you can do all this remote. You don't need to be there anymore. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely be there. But uh, yeah, Patrick, you might be on the on the remote end for the podcast. I, I might. I might finger, fingers crossed I'll be able to make that. I, I take it at this stage. Uh, have you even thought about what your sessions might be or what uh, the topic areas might be? Yeah, we had to submit for topics, um, but there's still a bit of back and forth on the details. So uh, okay, you don't have to give anything else. away. Well, we'll save yeah. that for a uh, what is it? Uh, next next podcast will be October, so it'll be an October exclusive uh, of what we're talking about. We will save that. Um, but before I let you go, I should I'd have to thank you and and Polly as well for. So I've had some computer issues with this, and I'm using my phone for the camera, but the audio is all through. Uh, a, Callisto 7200, which was very kindly sent by Polly for us to for me to use for the pod. And I think it's um, I mean, this is the first pod we've actually recorded on it yet, but it's made a real difference for me on my on my desk in general. So big thanks to Polly for doing that and hope all the, the listeners and viewers enjoy the improved audio quality that, that it's provided. Yeah, the fact you're doing it through your phone on the Bluetooth, uh, we're, we're slowly upgrading your studio at home. Yeah, well, all I need now is, a I mean, hopefully the computer works next time. But I, I think that's it for, for all the news, Tom. So as usual, first of all, thank you for bearing with me through the computer issues but and then taking me through all the, the Skype and Teams news. 
Yeah, no worries. Good to catch up. And uh, yeah, same time next month. And if people have got questions or feedback, feel free to hit them on the various social platforms and we'll be sure to catch those for next month. Tom wasn't giving much away there about his Ignite speaker slot, so no doubt he has something good up his sleeve. Big thanks to him, as always, for coming onto the podcast and taking us through all of this month's news. As usual, if you need more details on any of the stories or just to learn more about Microsoft's communication portfolio in general, head to Tom's blog at tomtalks.uk or go to our website at uctoday.com where you can find everything you might want and more. That's it for today's pod. As Tom said, any questions or queries at all, please get in touch with either of us on social media or in the comments section of the podcast supporting article. But for now, just to say a big thanks for listening.